how can I support you? Is one of my favorite questions to ask at the start of almost any coaching conversation. What I'm really asking is, what is your support language? So much has been written about our love languages, and most people are familiar with their primary love language. Uh, Gary Chapman has identified five in his book, and perhaps there are more. But what about support languages? Often what we want most is support, but we don't know how to ask for it. We also don't know that there are many ways, or languages as I say, in which we can offer and receive support. Here are the top nine support languages that I have identified. So number one is deep listening. By that I mean truly and attentively listen to the person asking for support without any interference from your own thoughts, opinions, or biases. Make sure you eliminate all external distractions. One single ring of a text can really destroy the value of the act. Number two is embracing silence. This is maybe the hardest one for most of us. Hold space to embrace silence regardless of how uncomfortable you may feel. Often we find it difficult to tolerate silence and we rush in to fill it with our own words. Resist that urge. Remember, support is focused on the needs of the other, not ourselves. If they choose to remain silent, regard that silence as a precious and actually a sacred moment. Number three is creating context. Some people need to know that they're okay. They need to know that an action they've taken will not define them for the rest of their lives. They need to hear that individuals they admire and respect have made similar mistakes and, and they've managed to overcome them. Support in this situation sounds like sharing a story, um, personal or otherwise, that gives context and creates a sense of normalcy, not catastrophe for the listener. So that, you know, when someone tells you something, share a story of your own that normalizes it. Don't say, oh my God, I can't believe that. Number four is being vulnerable. And listen, never perform vulnerability. However, if sharing a life experience, um, even a painful one to, to recount, can allow the other person to feel less alone in their pain or problem, then it's worth the effort. Embrace vulnerability as a means to provide profound and genuine support rather than using it as an opportunity to turn the spotlight on yourself. Beware of this one, this is a tricky one. The next one is doing something. Sometimes support needs to come in a practical package. It might be what Gary Chapman calls acts of service or quality time. The other person might ask that you run an errand for them or you call someone on their behalf or you make a meal for them. Be prepared to take external action if at all possible. Once you've asked, how can I support you? Number six is, you know, problem solving. Plain and simple. Sometimes support looks like rolling up our sleeves to help solve an existing problem. And often so many of us steer directly into telling the other person what to do. That's not support, that's control. True problem-solving support looks like asking questions to learn more about the circumstances and 
create an open, non-judgmental space for all the ideas to be considered. If you believe there's only one solution to a given problem, and you know what that is, then you need to review Einstein's theory of relativity. There is always more than one way to see anything. Number seven is innovating. I admit this is my favorite support language. Bringing lighthearted humor and play into the conversation. Start with the sentence stem, what if, and allow for new and innovative thoughts and solutions to surface. So keep asking what if, what if, what if, and see what comes up. Number eight is cheerleading. Sometimes encouragement and cheerleading is what we need most to get us motivated and to get us through a situation. Knowing that someone other than our own doubt-filled self believes in us is enough to keep us going. And the last one is showing up. Let me tell you that as an introvert, I've learned this language perhaps quite late in life. But what I know for sure now is that there is no substitute for being there. This is the language I speak less well than any other, but it's the one I'm most committed to becoming so much better at. Although our love language tends to remain the same, regardless of circumstances, our support language can and does change based on the situation. You will likely have one language that you're most adept at, but to give and receive support like a pro, we need to be multilingual. Let me know if I've missed the language and I'll add it to my list. As an additional practice, you can go through this list with your loved ones and ask them to tell you which and in what way you can use these nine languages to support them. Which ones resonate most with them? But be forewarned, it will take courage to hear the truth.